Welcome to the Politics Guys Supporters Exclusive After Show. Uh, Jay, how are you doing today? I'm well. I'm exhausted now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we, well, we we started. If we should tell folks, we started by doing the show to air Wednesday with Ken, and that went for like an hour, I think, and there was a lot going on there. And then there was so much with the regular Saturday show that went. And so, yeah, I'm pretty. I actually got up between shows to just grab some more water, and I fe- I felt practically. Woozy. It reminded me of that feeling you remember maybe from your younger, well, I remember from my younger days that where you're sitting down and drinking with a bunch of people and you think, oh man, this isn't affecting me at all. And then you stand up, it's like, whoa, the world just changed for me. And I kind of got a little bit of that feeling, which is not to say I'm drinking. Now I'm not, right. but uh, it was just kind of like, not yet. no, not yet. I might have to <laughs> for sure. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, but there, there were a few things that not quite as heavy, I guess you could say, that I thought we could talk about. Like the whole political shaming thing, right? Was it uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders who was refused or asked to leave? It was uh, trying to get a burger uh, or whatever. But and, yeah. uh, it was a red, red hen, something like that yes. restaurant. And But it's not just that. I mean, it was also um, uh, Pam... It was the Pam Pam Bondi, the the Florida Attorney General, who's been a big fan of President Trump. Uh, apparently, she was at a movie screening uh, this week, and someone yelled at her, "You're a horrible person." Um, she had to be escorted out by police. Uh, 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 Kirshen Nielsen, the Homeland Security uh, Director, uh, who President Trump doesn't seem to like very much either, because for various <laughs> reasons, because she's not, you know, keeping out all the all the people that are invading and infesting the country, in his words. But uh, she was heckled; people yelling shame at her and when she was at a. Uh, she left a Mexican restaurant early, yeah, I ran, guess. Ran out of a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, uh, I would say probably if you are a uh, Trump administration immigration official, you might want to stay away from Mexican restaurants just in general if you don't want to get some of that stuff. But. That's well, kinda, but then you, but then you'd get the the you know. Of course, you won't go to a Mexican restaurant because you're uh, racist. Yeah. Um, so well, you, there's, there's no winning, you know. So so there's that on one hand, and then there's uh, uh, Maxine Waters, a longtime representative from California, who actually sort of encouraged, well, not sort of encouraged, encouraged, sort of encouraged. that <laughs> Trump officials be harassed in in public spaces. So Jay, I don't know what's your take on all this. Uh, Trump just keeps on, keeps on winning. Um, I, I have to say uh, the, the Maxine Waters, um, the, these events, um, I mean, could well, I mean, we're, we're still a ways off, but this is why Trump won. Uh, and this is why he could win again. Um, you know, I think the right exaggerates that, it really strikes, it really strikes a lot of people. Um, uh, a lot of Trump voters, and and this is uh, there's also sort of a, a history that the the left has has issues with this, and I'm saying the left because I I mean you know I mean I, I tend to say that because I don't want to say Democrats, sure, um, because about, I wouldn't include I wouldn't include all Democrats on the left, but I, I would say left, how about yeah there you that? go I like I think that I think that construction is far more accurate and 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 fair so yeah I like that we can go with that so. Uh, the the activist uh, left um, historically, uh, when they get these sort of calls to action, uh, they take them up. Um, and and the problem that becomes for for Democrats, and again, I'm using that term precisely in this case, uh, is that when it comes to uh, voting, people like to vote for law and order. 
and and this is this type of thing if, if this continues is going to be seen as a law and order issue um and yeah. I think we'll 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 bring a lot of uh, and again I'm 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 monopolizing the conversation here, but um, there's also a, a real concern of, of look if Maxine Waters is going to say this sort of thing that uh, opponents ought to be mobbed uh, ought to be pushed back ought to be you know you get in your face um, do people really want to hand over the reins of government to to that party I I I think that would be a concern yeah. right no I I I. Totally agree with you. Anyway, I think there's the, the other example the, on the other way. What was it? Um, Ted Cruz uh, saying to the voters, uh, don't vote for the Republican Nazi uh, in, in this upcoming, I think it was the upcoming primary. It's the same sort of thing where you have these extremists who the media loves, you know, because they, they are, well, extreme and they get people's outrage going and so forth. And I think it's important for people to push back against that. And, you know, there were a lot of, a number of Democrats who pushed back against what Maxine Waters said. David, David Axelrod, for instance, you know, said that this kind of thing is not okay. And a number, I think, of what but, I would consider... Keith, Keith, but Keith Ellison, who is the chair of the Democratic Party, did not. You know, and, and I think you're right in the sense that certainly, I don't think... I certainly am not telling anyone to not to squelch their speech or anything like that and not express themselves. It's a question of, well, two things. Number one, it's a civility question where you draw that line. And now I understand some on the left would say, well, if you are actually engaging in inhumane practices, we are right to hound you to the ends of the earth, basically. And okay, maybe there's a point to be made for that. But I would also then say, well, think about what your end goal is. What do you want to accomplish? And if you want to accomplish, you know, the sort of change that you envision, is this more or less likely to take you toward that goal? And, and I would say, as I think a lot of folks would say, and you would agree that that's probably less likely because it's going to, as you pointed out, uh, uh, gin up that backlash, basically. And that's what we want to avoid. And so, again, people, you know, take that as saying, well, you're telling me to silence my speech. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, think strategically about this. And just because it may feel good to yell shame or murder or something, think about how that's going to play. And is that really... It Especially might make, you shouldn't murder anybody. Oh, yeah. But it might make yeah. you feel good We're in the moment. That. And it might feel right but is it going to advance your interests? And that's really the important thing. It's great to feel like you're on the right side of history. And I would probably agree with you on a lot of these things from you know, my, my friends on the left. But it's, it's better, I think, to be able to say that I'm actually not hurting my own cause. So that's kind of my, my, my take on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I obviously <laughs> agree with you. Um, uh, the, the idea, though, and this is what you know what I, I think is is troubling is is so often we get this extreme rhetoric where you say the other side are Nazis they're in you know these in and sort of this creation of and Michael Moore the other night was but going to be on clear, about now it's time to put our bodies on the line and so forth. But to be clear, in in this one congressional district, Illinois third congressional district, there is actually a Nazi who is running who won the Republican nomination and okay. is running. So he is a Nazi Nazi, not well, like a guy. yeah that guy. <laughs> Um, um, but I'm again uh, thinking back to uh, there were various Holocaust comparisons that were were being banned 
made about when we we're talking about the uh, the situation at the border. Sure. And and when you when you start creating that sort of idea that uh, obviously look in a, in a uh, Holocaust Nazi type situation, yes, any any action uh, can be justified then uh, to to you know, right step up and against it. Um, but that's not what's what's going on, uh, and, and I think that's that's the that's the problem is when you when you define your enemy as or your your opponent, uh, I should say, as as absolutely evil, then then you know no holds barred, and 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 I think we're going to see more and more of, of that uh, because of this inflamed rhetoric, um, and I think it it will it will inure to uh, to Trump's benefit. Yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I think you're right. But I wanted to ask you, uh, sort of on the legal side of things, I mean, aren't there public accommodations laws that I, I would think, isn't it, wouldn't it be illegal under these laws to refuse service to someone because of their actions taken as a part of the government? I mean, isn't that a... I don't think so. What's that? I wouldn't think so. So you think that they... You can I mean, refuse you, you, service. You, you, yeah, I think uh, you know. Have you ever seen the sign there? I mean, uh, we refuse. We have the right to refuse service to anyone. And uh, I, no, I, I think look, if you you can't refuse service on on uh, racial grounds, um, uh, but uh, to, to say I don't like your politics, I'm not going to, to serve you. I, I suppose you can. Um, okay. But uh, uh, you know, it, it's sort of a weird counterproductive thing. Um, but uh, uh, no, I, I it, at least it, as far as any federal laws, I'm not aware of anything that would would prevent that. There's there's things about preventing, uh, you know, federal officers from carrying out their duties. And sure. uh, so, I mean, I think in those some of those kind of situations of like, um, you know, you're you're uh, blocking the, uh, uh, you know, keep keeping someone from getting from their to their meeting because you're right. blocking the, the street, that kind of thing. Maybe there's something there. Um, so from a but, legal uh, standpoint, you can refuse service to, you know, any Trump administration official, so long as you're doing it because they're a Trump administration official, not because of say that they're, uh, uh, the color of their skin, basically. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, and again, maybe there's, maybe there's state laws that I'm not aware of, uh, that would come into play. Um, but, uh, you, you know, the other thing I wanted to talk about is of course, uh, the Harley Davidson thing, of course, Harley Davidson was a sort of a darling of, 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 of early on of President Trump, you know, exemplifying all this great made in America and all that sort of thing and so forth. And uh, then uh, Harley Davidson announced that, uh, well, they're going to be moving some of their production, I believe it is, overseas because of, in large part, the uh, uh, to get away from the EU tariffs that have been imposed in retaliation for the president's tariffs on steel and, and aluminum, which I guess uh, some calculation there, these tariffs would have added over $2,000 to the cost of an average Harley, right. something like that. So, uh, and Donald Trump basically, well, of course he responded. He tweeted that, uh, let's see, surprised that Harley Davidson of all companies would be the first to wave the white flag. I fought hard for them and ultimately they will not pay tariffs selling into the EU, which has hurt us badly on trade down 151 billion. Taxes just a Harley excuse. Be patient. MAGA. MAGA? Hang MAGA. in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and that's interesting to me because he's basically saying, we're playing this game of chicken. They're going to blink first. And I'm asking you to trust me and lose business now. But in the long term, 
it'll be okay. So it's it's easy. I think it's easy to it's easy to play chicken with someone else's car when someone else is driving. <laughs> you know, basically say, no, no, go ahead. It's gonna be fine. They'll swerve. They'll swerve. And it's like, well, you know, the crash is gonna affect Harley, not Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, a couple of things I think that you know one of the the reasons this is a big deal for Harley is. Uh, in terms of where their their biggest sales growth that they're seeing has been in Europe, yeah, uh, you know, what I mean, they sort of they're they're in America and they've saturated the American market. And I think they're capturing the portion of the American market that they think they're going to capture, but they're seeing a lot of growth in Europe. Uh, so this would would really sort of strike at one of their profit centers if all of a sudden they they couldn't grab that kind of market share uh, that they're hoping to over overseas. Um, but something else interesting about about Trump is that there's been a little tweak now in a lot of the the way he's he's talking, and he is talking about this. This is a chess game, or or a game of chicken, uh, or or chess while playing chicken, or or something like that. Um, and and his his you know now professed goal is I want to get to free trade or more free trade, as opposed to the campaign rhetoric and and early on, which was very much a. Um, uh, protectionist kind of language. This is sort of well, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to adopt some protectionist measures, but it's only in service of getting us to uh, a more level playing field. And then once the other side capitulates, then we'll we'll drop it. Right. Um, I don't I don't know how that's that's going to play with with all the base or all that. But uh, I, I just found that interesting, and in that that there is a a slight shift in. Um, and the rationale yeah. that's being offered for this kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Before I mean, it was protectionism for protectionism's sake. Now it's right. protectionism for free trade. Right. Yeah. Well, I think he's, you know, well, I think in the end, he's just, he's just wrong on who's going to blink first and that sort of thing. I don't think that the EU has any, and of course, the EU as an economy is pretty much the size of the U.S. economy. And China is, you know, it's, it would have been different in Donald Trump's heyday when the when the distance between the U.S. economy size and the rest of the world was so much greater. And that's why I think he's operating from a set of facts or from a set of presumptions that might have been sensible or reasonable, maybe not sensible, uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago, but aren't today. And I don't think he's the sort of person who updates his beliefs when the environment changes. He just wants the environment to shift to his beliefs, which is, you know, not how it works, basically. So, so yeah. Uh, anything else we should talk about? Oh, well, you know, I wanted to the, uh, the the what I'm reading, and I suppose this could sort of maybe a little bit of a, a standalone. Um, and this is this is fun you like. It's it's a I'm not sure how it is down uh, in Cincinnati, but it's a it's a hot day in Cleveland. Oh, it's pretty hot here. Uh, yeah, low 90s today. Uh, uh, perhaps uh, perhaps record breaking heat. Um, but I want to give you a bit of good news, uh, and that is uh, coming from uh, last week in the Wall Street Journal. There was a piece looking at uh, James Hansen's uh, predictions that he made in 1988, which was when we began. Uh, the global warming really got, uh, uh, as, a, as a political issue, really got kicked off. Um, uh, but he, uh, uh, he testified before Congress, and he offered you know, several different scenarios uh, uh, and, uh, it's, it's really fascinating because this is, this is science. Uh, he had his scenarios and now we have 30 years of data, uh, to look at which of his scenarios, uh, came out as, as most, most closely mirroring reality. Uh, and it was his, uh, scenario C, which is the, 
uh, very limited change in uh, uh, warming, uh, limited change in, in sea level. Um, so I, I again, I'm I've said this before. I'm all for science, and let's let's look at this. Um, but uh, some of his other predictions, the more dramatic dramatic predictions uh, upon which uh, policy was based, uh, seem to just not not even be be in the mix so yeah well and, and on the other end of it uh, you know over the past couple of decades almost three trillion tons of ice have melted in, in antarctica and so forth i mean i think that's that's one data point certainly and i think the science has gotten a lot better but of course i am you might call me alarmist i don't know but but i am a lot more concerned and i think i've good reason to be concerned about that. But I think, you know, your your larger point is right, is that we need to examine the science and science advances over time and so forth. But I don't think you would say that that means we should assume that the that the least severe uh, uh, the, projections are the ones we should uh, are the ones we should adopt in fact you can make a pretty good case based on the precautionary principle that we should actually plan for the worst case scenario because if it happens we're pretty much screwed uh in this instance when we're talking about global uh you know uh, global systems well actually no quite quite the contrary i'm oh, saying okay. that, <laughs> that you're, that you're you a little more at, cavalier about this yeah, than i am yeah, um for sure and 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 no i i'm saying that the 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 science thus far uh would would back that up that that listen uh had we adopted uh so many of the the uh practices that were recommended um 30 years ago it it likely would not have made any difference as to where we are now, except it would have hurt our, our economy dramatically. It would have hurt the ability to to deal with uh, eventual warming uh, dramatically. And I think that's that's the issue. Is is I think you and I are both on the same camp of this. So much it's not a, an issue of um, uh, global warming. What do we do about it? Or doesn't exist? Uh, it's you know what what are the costs and benefits. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And I, what I'm saying is this: this is this is some strong data to suggest uh, that the, the you know had we accepted those costs, uh, it would have been sort of sunk cost because we wouldn't have really seen much benefit out of it. Yeah, well, I, I would say we wouldn't. We we don't really. I mean, again, that's that's one data point from 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 one scientist. So I would be uh, reluctant to give that all that much weight. But well, I take your I take your larger no, I take your larger article, point. You know, I take your larger point about uh you know about the the importance of uh, of uh you know considering the science and the cost and the benefit thing absolutely i just weigh that very differently because it's one of those cases where if the you know uh, when you're talking about such a potential major calamity i think you err i would be comfortable erring a lot more on the side of being overly cautious given the uh, given the stakes and you're a little more well, exactly and again that's that to me that's all the more reason for um um maybe taking a, a strong look at, at, at the, the discourse and the language used on this, because that's sort of always the, uh, the language you see is the world's going to end, the world's going to end. And, and it, it tends not to. See, I've, yeah, when I would say, well, it tends not to until it does. But anyway, all right. Um, all right. On that, we'll, we'll uh, wrap up of what's been a very long podcast morning for us. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you have any thoughts about the show, you know how to get in touch with us, mail at politicsguys.com. And uh, again, thanks so much for being a supporter of the show. We really do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week.